I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA, business strategist, and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less. If you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. Today, I am very excited to be talking to my friend Molly Knuth of Molly Knuth Media. Molly and I met probably about a year ago. She was one of my brand photography clients, and that's the first time we met in person, although we'd been Instagram friends for a long time. And Molly is somebody that I really admire and respect in the business community, and it's been such an honor to be able to help her grow her business as her brand photographer last year, but also just to see the awesome things that she's doing, the new programs that she's launching, and how her business has grown and changed over, especially over the past couple of years. And so she has so much insight and knowledge to share. But today we're going to talk a lot about social media and social media marketing. And so I am excited to introduce Molly. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited. Jade, I've been your fan for a long time. When the podcast rolled out, I was like, this is awesome. And now I'm a guest. I'm like, this is like, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so good to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give a little introduction of yourself and tell us how Molly Knuth Media came to be and where you're at now. Absolutely. So I'm Molly. I am based in Cascade, Iowa, which is a teeny tiny town just on the eastern edge of the state. And I am wife to my husband, Ryan, of almost 13 years. He's a farmer. So I've really had a learning curve into the whole like agriculture lifestyle. And we have four children. So we have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, an eight-year-old, and an almost six-year-old. So life around here is busy. And in addition to business growth around here in the last year, we've also added a menagerie of animals. We have calves and chickens and kittens and just like all the things. And so we're really living up the rural lifestyle here in Cascade. (laughs) And a really big barn. Oh my gosh. If you guys have followed me on Instagram, and this is like no joke, some opportunities have come my way and people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I want to work with you in this capacity. And they're like, and how's the barn going? (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So for anybody not familiar, my husband has been wanting to build a barn on our property since we moved here eight years ago. And he decided that in 2020, like it was the year he's going to build this barn shop thing. And so he pre-ordered it. As everybody knows, like in 2020, we had shipping delays. So the barn comes 
it's like one of those prefab barns. So it comes in pieces and you just have to build it kind of like an erector set. And so as the frame is going up, I like was in my office and then I went out to the kitchen to get myself some lunch. I look out the window. I went, oh my God. (laughs) And I called Ryan. I'm like, do you know how tall this is? And he's like, I know. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like it came out seven feet taller than he had thought he read in the spec sheet. And so it's pretty big, but it's really, I mean, like it looks like an old barn and we love it. So it was just like a little of shock and awe. And then I documented it throughout the process and my Instagram followers loved it. <laughs> and now it's part of your brand and every podcaster will ask you about it. <laughs> I guess I'll have to put in my logo. I don't know. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yes. Life is interesting around here, but it's always something that we can look back on and smile. <laughs> yep. So tell us how your business came to be and how it kind of started. And it's changed so much over the years. So talk us through kind of that process. Absolutely. So I started like by trade and training. I am a teacher. I taught English language arts for junior high through high school students in the early 2010s. As we grew our family, so we like our girls were born pretty close together. So we had three kids under the age of three and we were kind of evaluating our decisions I been, I knew that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom in some capacity at some point. And so when we found we were pregnant the third time, it was time to say, all right, it made more sense to stay home with the kids than it did to continue working outside of the home and paying for daycare. So in 2014, I became a stay-at-home mom. And after a couple of years of that, I started feeling like off. And I just remember one day it came to me and like, I don't have goals. I didn't have things I was working towards. And I'd always been a very much like a goal-oriented kind of person. And so I found little goals that I could like achieve. And I think that was kind of the beginning of me like finding myself, if you will. And then a couple years later was when the business Molly Knuth Media was born. But I think it does kind of date back to me like figuring out that there were things that I needed to do personally to fulfill myself. So in 2016, my dad and my cousin had started a business together and they wanted me to come in and help with some admin work because I wanted to get do some things outside the house, contribute to the family income and things like that. And so as part of coming on board their team, I suggested doing Facebook pages, which at that time here in our small town was a relatively new concept. I know now that we look back and we're like, what do you mean? But really in 2016, there weren't a lot of small town, small businesses using Facebook as part of their marketing setup. So we started it for their business. They saw a lot of success with it. And then Another business saw that. They asked me if I could help. Another business saw that and they asked me if I could help. And then just kind of organically, my business started. And I began helping primarily at that time where a lot of like masculine industries that just needed someone to help them understand how marketing was changing and how to meet their audience where they were at, which was on social media. So since then, We've continued to grow and we've brought in new team members on. It's now there's many of us here at MKM that do social media strategy and social media management, but we've also grown into having graphic design services, SEO services, copywriting services, and just a lot more comprehensive marketing options for small town, small businesses. And yeah, it's been a wild ride, but it's been super fun. 
So I'm sure what was working on Facebook back in the day is probably not what's working now. Can you talk to us a little bit about social media marketing in 2022 and what you see working for your clients? Like what are the big things that are working this year? Yes. So a hundred percent. And I think Jade, you and I have talked about this in the past, like the tactics and the hacks and the quick wins on social media change like overnight sometimes. But what I have found is that the through line, even from 2016 to today, is remembering that behind every screen is a person. And people do business with people. And when you connect on that level, you're going to see success. No matter if you are doing reels or TikToks or static posts, you got to come at social media marketing with a mindset of showing up to serve people or entertain people or connect emotionally with people. So that's kind of what we come back to when we are strategically outlining like monthly content or even just as we're building out a post, how is the other person on the other side of the screen going to react? So in 2022, I'm going to share like seven-ish of my favorite formats for posts. Perfect. But they do continue to come back to some common themes like education, connecting emotionally, or I call it e-commerce just because it's e, but sales, because we have to throw those (laughs) sales posts in there because we're here for business, not just for like the fun of it. So some of my favorite kind of posts to do are introduction posts. So a lot of times we can get caught up as business owners in just showing products or services or trying to catch those trends, right? But if we remember to connect on a personal level, people want to see who's behind the business. And so if we can show our face or the face of our team, those introduction posts are huge. And it really helps you connect like so that people know who they're doing business with. And I think of it like a small town. Like you might do business with the person down the street because you know them. And so when we show up on social introducing ourselves, we're making that small town. Like I know this person connection. So that's one. I do love to do like, and I can kind of tie that in, but doing those team features are important too if you have a team behind your brand as well. So then I like to do a portfolio kind of post. So let's say that you have projects that you complete. So I know we have a lot of creatives here. So let's say that you're a photographer. Go through and like highlight some of your recent sessions, or maybe you can help document how you go throughout your shoot day. But those kind of opportunities to educate your audience and show them how you go through a process are really important. And I think those are the ones that end up being like savable on Instagram, which always helps us towards the algorithm. Yeah. So we've got introductions. We've got portfolios. I also always throw in those sales-based posts. So whether that's like your contact information, at least every couple of weeks, I like to show up with links in Instagram stories or if you're operating over on Facebook, just sharing how people can book with you or get on your schedule. Those are really key to remember to include in your content strategy because we want, again, to drive people towards the fact that we're here to do business and we have to talk about what we offer at least every so often. Pausing really quickly, do you find that working with some of your clients, that's a hurdle that they have to jump over? Because I feel like there is a really tricky mindset around social media and selling because it feels, it can feel if you're doing it a certain way, icky. Is that a conversation that comes up very often for you? Yes, more so in like the coaching 
or like the consulting relationships when I work with people in that capacity, because like you said, it is kind of like breaking down that mindset. And I do go back to like for a long time when we have traditional marketing methods, like it was newspaper ads or it was billboards or it was like a banner ad on a website, which are all very one-sided kind of marketing avenues. And so like you were just always selling in those capacities. And then in the beginning of social media, it was all personal connections, right? And so we had to bridge that gap sometimes and say, you know, I know that like on your social, it can feel like you can only show up personally, but when you show up with like a business or an educational, like service-based mentality, the things that you're offering as part of your business are often going to help other people in their lifestyle or in becoming the best person that they want to be. And so you have to talk about what you offer and how you can help them. And so, yeah, it can be a mindset trying to overcome that, but it does get more comfortable the more you do it. And it can come across sometimes as just those one-sided, like, here's how to do business with me. But also it can be very subtle, like sales ways too, just in the way you message in your captions or like leading into like an a campaign, like it doesn't have to be a sale post every single day of the week. You can offer value, offer value, offer value, and then do a sale. So you're outweighing those salesy posts with a lot of value and service too. Are there any strategies that you help even your coaching clients implement, like the right and wrong ways to do a sales post? Because like you said, it is very easy to just be transactional and I'll list my services and tell people to go to my website. But oftentimes those aren't the most engaging things, even if we've been following someone in love with their doing and love with their offering. One of my favorite ways to do a sales post that makes me feel better about it is incorporating storytelling. But I know there's a lot of different ways to kind of make it feel just like better as a business owner, feel like something that you're showing up to genuinely say instead of sell. Are there any other um, strategies or advice you have for business owners who are still just struggling to do that? First, I love the storytelling. I love that. I know that you're a big fan of Donald Miller too. And when I read his book, Building a Story Brand, that was probably in like 2018. I was like, this was kind of a pivotal moment in my business because I was like, this is what I love. Because he's like, a lot of times in our marketing, we try to position ourselves as the hero of the story because we swoop in with an answer or a solution or a product that's going to solve all your problems. When in reality, the hero is the person who's looking at this ad or reading this story. And then we're just there as a guide to help them. Like I said a little earlier, like live their best life or be more efficient or whatever that is. And so stories and like maybe that looks like a blog post or a podcast or in a caption of a social media post. Stories are really a great way to guide your viewer, to guide your follower, and like kind of take them on a little journey and it kind of like softens that sale. And it feels good to you too, right? You're giving some advice. You're being that sage advisor. And so it doesn't feel so direct. Yeah. I think it also puts a lot of pressure off of business owners because oftentimes, especially for women, we feel like, well, I need to know everything if I'm going to sell this. And being the guide instead of the expert and savior of the story just alleviates some of that pressure. <laughs> yes. And I was just scrolling the other day through social and somebody had a post and they were like, you know what? I'm wearing this shirt. It's my favorite shirt. I wasn't mad at Target for selling me this shirt. I just wanted the shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, so we need to put take the pressure off ourselves in that way too. So it's like, I think I said this a little bit earlier, but like we're showing up with a product or a service that we believe in and we know that it can help other people. And sometimes it's just that mindset switch where it's like, I'm not 
just here for the dollar. I'm here for how I can help others, which I know a lot of us listening to this podcast are here to help. And so use that as your kind of starting point in your sales posts or your sales page and use that storytelling to help guide you. I also really do love educational posts. I don't know if it's the teacher in me, but I feel like educating and like just giving examples and education can look like testimonials that from clients and past customers. Education can look like walking people through a series of steps that they can implement themselves and then say, you know what, I've got a template that can help you do this faster. So education is one of my favorite ways to do it too. And it's all a balance. So I like to plan out things like kind of over the course of a week or a month so I can balance out those value-based posts and then sprinkle in those sales posts so it's not sales, sales, sales every day, but it's also not like value, 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 value without giving people an opportunity to work with me either. Okay. So what's number four? So number four, I kind of already previewed. That's testimonials. So it demonstrates the quality of your service. And testimonials can be as simple as putting somebody's words on Canva and putting it into a pretty template. It can be a screenshot of a review that you received on Facebook or on Google and it could also be, and what I find are really, really awesome, are like video pieces that somebody has recorded giving a review because then you know it's a real person. And there's just like that extra layer of human connection when you have a video or even an audio clip that you can use Headliner app for to help you layer over an image. But those testimonials are huge in really demonstrating the quality of the service or the products that you offer. And it's just like, again, another layer of human connection that people can relate to. And I know that I like just went looking for dresses all over the internet, like scouring the corners of the internet for a dress that I could purchase. And I went to those reviews every single time before I pressed buy because I wanted to make sure that other people liked the quality and that it fit women who had a body shape like me. So giving those testimonials and those reviews in your marketing is huge. All right. So that was four. Number five, your business origin story. So again, we're coming back to storytelling. I feel like anytime you can share something where you went from point A to point B, and it seems like origin stories are really a great way to do that because it was like, I knew that I was stuck. And for a lot of service providers or creatives, there was probably a point in our journey where we were like, you know, I saw that things were this way. And I realized it could be done a better way. So then I created this thing, which naturally takes you into sales, but it doesn't feel too sketchy or slimy like we talked about before. So business origin stories are really fun stories to tell and also hugely engaging. So if you want like a quick win with a lot of likes on socials, talk about how you started your business. People love it. And also, I feel like it connects your clients to the why behind what you do just naturally. There's a reason why you started your business. There's a passion behind it, especially talking to creatives and service-based business owners. Like A lot of them, I see find your why on your desk, actually. I just realized that in the background. But talking to Mariah Danielson back in episode three, like it comes through so strongly and helps you connect so much better to your clients through social media where there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of fun content, but oftentimes we're just scrolling 
And stories are just kind of like that marketing trick, almost like the thing that people can't get away from because we want to know like what happens, what happens next in the story. So I love that one. I'm reading stories that stick right now. And it talks about founder stories and how oftentimes even investors will not even look for a good business idea, but the right founder who has the right connection because it does make such a difference. And not only how far you go in business, but how well you do what you do if you believe really strongly in the purpose behind it. I 100% agree with that. And I also think that and it could be me being like a former English language arts teacher. But I think about like some of these stories that we're still reading in classrooms, like Romeo and Juliet, or I taught the Odyssey to my freshmen. And it's or even like we could take it back to my barn building story. Like those are the things that stick, right? I could list off all my services 10 days in a row and you might not remember that. But we talk about the time that a tree frog got in my shower and me and the kids had to figure out how to get it out. And you guys will be like, you know, who is that girl that does social media? Remember, she had the tree frog in her shower. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that was Molly. And they're like, yeah, I need to talk to her. So sometimes like telling stories, even if it's not your business origin story, but just incorporating some of those fun storytelling elements and even like the way you look at Instagram stories or TikTok or whatever if you can look at your content creation like an ongoing story, those are the things that put you top of mind. And even if people aren't ready to purchase your product or your service in the moment, they'll remember those stories and then they'll they'll associate it with you when the time is right. Absolutely. So stories, great one. I love that one. Number six, services offered. Sometimes I know I just made fun of myself and said I could list my services offered day to day. Yes, we don't want to do that repeatedly, but if we're looking at it in the grand scheme of a month or in a campaign, listing off the various services or the way that people can work with you is super helpful. And I will do this, for example, in the month of April for my team, what we did was listed off the various services that our team members provided. So it worked really well in like an Instagram carousel, or you could even turn this into a reel or a TikTok but we had each person who offered a service. We said, okay, you can work with Haley for logo design. Then the next they swiped and then they could see you work with Kayla on developing your Google Analytics. And then just listing off. And again, if you compare it with like a picture or maybe like something that makes it human, then it's going to be more likely to be remembered. But it is important from time to time to reiterate what you do so that it helps people understand how they can work with you. All right. And then the last one if we counted correctly, (laughs) one of my most engaging and favorite ways to show up on social, which is like people always come back to me and like ask when I'm doing this again, but it's called a day in the life. And you can make this like literally a whole day long looking behind the scenes at what you do in your life and in your business. If you want to use this for Instagram stories or Facebook stories, or you can just take it for like a moment in time and take a picture of your desk or the project that you're working on that's in front of you to put in your grid. But people really love to peel back the curtain and see what you do in the day-to-day. Because I know that sometimes we get into this mindset where whatever we share needs to be perfect. It needs to be polished. We have to have the exact right wording. We have to have the picture that looks like all filtered and gorgeous. But people, again, I'm going to keep coming back to this, people connect with people. And I feel like especially in this year, in this time, people want to connect on a human level and they don't care if you're perfect. They want to care that they can relate and connect with you as a human. And I feel like these day in the life kind of posts or like I said, I do what's called 24 hours of MKM from time to time. And I just start with how I wake up 
Like I'll take them through my workout, what I eat for breakfast, getting my kids to school. What does a typical work day look like? And I'll just bring someone behind the scenes. And those are so engaging. And I joke about this, but really they were like, I remember when I first started doing this back in like 2017 and I'd show up at the grocery store and people that were like probably my grandparents' age, they were like, oh, Molly, when are you going to do those like day in your life things again? Those were so fun to watch. And they would ask me about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd get kind of embarrassed. But then I'm like, that means they're paying attention and that means they want more. So I'm doing something right. But that day in the life is super helpful to connect with people on a people level. So on social media, it does require some consistency in order to succeed. Like you have to be showing up semi-consistently. Maybe we can define what consistent means for social media in 2022. But what are some of those foundational habits that business owners can build in order to be more consistent or in order to actually reach their goals for their social media accounts? I love this question because I do want to take some of the pressure off business owners. You don't need to be showing up like daily or twice a day like sometimes we see out on the interwebs. You can show up and build social media in in a way that fits your business and your schedule. So let's say that you're a service provider and you are booked out. Or let's say that you're a service provider and you're making a pivot. You don't have to show up seven days a week if you don't have capacity to help other people. So you can really scale back. But if you are someone who is looking to grow, then I do kind of look at it like a gas pedal. Like if I want to grow the business, I need to push a little harder on the gas pedal. I need to show up more consistently. If I need to like give myself space to complete the work I already have, then I can ease up a little bit and I don't have to post as often. But with anything, the more you practice, so like on social, the more consistently you post, you're going to learn about what you like or what your audience likes. And you're going to be able to get data that informs you of what you should be doing going forward. So I always say work in the consistency that works best for you. I would recommend at least two posts per week, like at the bare minimum, just so people realize you're there. But then for those moments in your business, like before a launch, or if you really want to get more traction, get more eyeballs on you, then you do need to push the gas and not only just post more consistently, but I would also say post in a strategic way so that you know that you're going to get people to take action in a way that you ultimately want to drive them towards, if that makes sense. Yes. Let's dig into that a little bit more. So you've been doing omni-channel marketing for a long time, and it's also something you help your clients do when they're on multiple platforms. But can you talk a little bit about what omni-channel marketing is and how social media plays a part in that to pull people off the platforms and actually convert them into paying clients or customers? I love this so much. So as we kind of opened this discussion about social media, like back in the day, 2016, 2017, it was enough to just be posting on Facebook and getting attention that way. But as time has gone on, the platforms have become more saturated. The market, the people that we work with, they're smarter. They're savvy. They know when people are trying to do like different things just to get them to make a purchase. You can really read through the lines and understand when someone's coming at you with a disingenuous sale. So what I started doing, and which now I've like has become this buzzword of omnipresent marketing or omni-channel marketing, is coming up with 
other connections and other touch points for your audience. So for me, for example, and Jade's going to be similar to this, we have podcasts. And so we have the podcast that's going to really provide a lot of value. It's going to tell stories. And so it's just going to naturally connect with people. Now to get people to that podcast, we can use social media posts to drive them there. So Similar to maybe if you don't have a podcast, but you have a website with where you do your Shopify sales. Social media can drive people to your website. So you're using social media as a conduit almost rather than the end-all be-all of your marketing. And that's really important because social media, like we said, is always changing. And so there's always different rules. We only get seen by a percentage of our audience. So having a place off socials like a podcast or like your website or a blog where people can connect with you and you have the say over what's happening in that space, that's really important so that you don't have to be subject to any algorithms. But social media where people are spending time is a good way to drive traffic to those sources because that's where people are and then you can get them to go where you want them to be. So let's talk about that a little bit more because I think there's a lot of burnout on social media and I think there's a lot of people, I mean, especially people who specialize in email or Pinterest or blogging that say that social media is dead because the algorithm is like built to keep people on the platform. Why are you using social media for marketing? Because, you know, they're not going to get off the platform. And I think there's some interesting thoughts there and I think it makes some sense. But on the other end, I don't think that social media has lost its place in the importance of the sales funnel. So can you talk a little bit more about where that connection is, especially for the business owner who is thinking those thoughts right now and like, what a waste of time. I've dumped so much time into this and people aren't buying. (laughs) Oh, yes. I think it's normal for everybody to kind of go through phases of like, okay, I need to cut back on my screen time. And I 100% I'm like, yeah, if you need to take breaks, take them. But I don't think social media is dead. There have been over the years, like I don't feel like I'm a seasoned vet of marketing, but I've been in it long enough to see a cycle. And so there was a time when everybody was like, Facebook is dead. Instagram is where it's at. And now that like with the Instagram algorithm changes of 2022 and working with a diverse array of clients and making sure that we're measuring the data, what we're seeing is that Facebook is surging. And so not everything is dead per se, but kind of like fashion or other industries. It's just cyclical. And it's just I do think omnipresent marketing helps with that because you can be in a few different places. You don't want to try to be on every single social media platform because that is definitely a ticket to burnout city. But I do say like picking two or three social channels – Like for me, I'm primarily on two and then I drive people to my podcast and then I have a blog on my website, but the blog comes directly from the topic of the podcast and then all my social posts tie into that theme. So it's all connected. So I'm not trying to just pull from a variety of different subject matters or pieces of content. I'm really, everything is interconnected. I'm just being strategic about how, where I'm showing up so that I'm making sure to appeal to my audience wherever they are and then driving them back to those big pieces of content like my blog or my podcast. And so being omnipresent can sound like, oh my gosh, how do I have time for all this? But really it is the strategy and knowing how to break those down into bigger pieces or those big pieces into smaller pieces that helps it be more manageable. 
So you not only manage your own content, I mean, you have people on your team, but your own content on multiple platforms, but you also manage all of your clients' content on multiple platforms. So can you give us a little bit more insight into what your social media planning process looks like? Absolutely. So there, I should start by saying you have to give yourself a little grace and you have to give yourself time to get good at this. And I know that that's really hard. We want to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram yesterday. But building a social media presence, kind of like what we talked about on that key foundation of like people work with people, that's going to be like it takes time, it takes trust, and it takes all of that to build. So the way that I approach like my social media planning isn't just to like create viral content. I mean, if it does go viral, great. I'm so excited. But what I really do is try to hone in on who is my audience? What are they responding to already? And then over time, I can learn what they're interested in and use that going forward. So how does this look right now? So at the beginning of every month, we do a data download. So we go into my accounts, we go into client accounts, wherever they're showing up, and we take a hard look at the numbers. So we look at what is the reach? What is the engagement? What are the video views? What are the website click-throughs? How many profile views did we get? We look at what are the most popular posts, and we look at what were the like very low-performing posts because we're going to have both, right? Not every post is going to be killer. So we really do that for every client so we can not only say like, oh man, hang our hat on how many followers we got, but we do that more so to say, okay, all of our video posts performed in like the top five of the posts we put out last month, but static posts didn't seem to hit. So let's say going forward, whatever we decide to do for format, we should probably try to incorporate more video, which is what we've done on Instagram because we really saw that happen in February 2022. And then we've like kind of pivoted our format strategy. It can also help us start to extract themes about like what's working best, storytelling or educational posts. So we can start seeing themes around format. We can start seeing themes around maybe even specific topics. Maybe people at Molly Knuth Media like to hear about my business origin or they like to hear about the family and personal side of my business, but they're not so into the direct like educational posts. So maybe for the next month, I'm just pivoting my content to around that. So it always starts with the data. And then what I do is look out a month at a time and I look at what is going to be the driving topic or the driving focus for this month. And then I'll just, for service-based providers, it might help to say, what are the different services you provide? So maybe for September, you want to talk about, let's say if you're a photographer, your headshots that you offer. So you can focus all of your content for September driving people towards the idea of wanting to get headshots with you. And we can talk about that in a variety of ways. You can tell a story about a headshot session that was really memorable. You can introduce yourself using a headshot that you took. You can list out the different headshot packages like headshot minis or a full brand session. Use a testimonial. So you can build a ton of content, but it's got that driving focus that's orienting everything. You can also look at it. Maybe we have seasonal business owners here. So if you're like a retailer in September, you need to start ramping up for the holiday season. And so then you can say, okay, what are those things that my audience needs to know in order to start holiday buying in October? So you can really look at it from like a seasonal perspective too. But for us, it starts with the data. So we know what's working and what's not. Then we go to the calendar and we say, okay, what is that topic or that sale that we want to drive home? And then I start plugging in different post topics for different days. So do you repurpose that content within that month across different channels? So it just depends on the client. So some of my clients, they have like 
a single platform that they're showing up on, and then they have a blog on their website. So definitely, if we have that big piece of content, that blog, we'll break that blog down into quote graphics, or we will take a testimonial from that customer that we can share out in a piece of content. We can also just like drive people directly to the blog where we start telling a little bit of the story. And then we say, if you want to read the rest, head over to our website. And then we'll do a direct sale where we say, do you want this service for yourself? Here's how you get on our schedule. For other clients, we do, yeah, repurpose like from Instagram to Facebook. Every so often we'll use the same exact post across platforms. I don't recommend doing that every single post. You want to have a little bit of variety. If nothing else, it's because platforms, algorithms are programmed to promote different things. So on Instagram, like they are promoting video. So it might be as simple as what works on Facebook is a quote graphic. What I need to do over on Instagram to make that work is add hashtags or I need to make it a motion background or something just to know the rules and use them to help myself a little bit. So it's a little bit different, but it's also coming from the same place, if that makes sense. Yeah. So do you batch that content and schedule it all at one time? Or is it different for your clients versus what you do for MKM? So good question. I really do. And we've got different people on our team doing different things. So for some people, like personality-wise, they love to schedule out the whole month. And for certain clients, like their consistency allows for that, where it's only like they need two posts per week. So we can definitely do that. For other clients, they might need to be a little more timely and responsive to what's happening. And so we can't necessarily schedule out the whole month, but maybe we can schedule out a week at a time. And for my business personally, I do have like an idea and each day I know what I want to talk towards. Sometimes I do batch that out. And other times I'm like, you know, this week, if I'm talking about like a new program that I'm launching, I know that I want to schedule those posts that are direct sales. But depending on what my audience is responding to, maybe I don't have any posts scheduled for Wednesday or Thursday because I want to just show up with a timely TikTok or I want to show up on stories. So it's just, for me, I feel like what my audience likes, and again, this is as a result of the data, my audience kind of likes me to be timely and respond to what's happening. And so for my business, it's a little more fluid. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I was of the mindset, I think maybe even a year ago, that I want to batch like 90 days of content and have it all scheduled out. But when I made myself do that, I never got to 90 days, like 30 days. I would realize that by the time the day got there, it's like, I don't want to say this anymore. (laughs) So it didn't feel as good. So I kind of do a similar thing. I have like my keystone topic and general idea of what I want to talk about that day. But then I have to write it the day of. Otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't feel good to me. I agree. I feel that same way. And some people, they're like, no, I really probably want to have this batched out. And that's totally fine. So there's no hard and fast rules to social media. I mean, you can know what I think you need to have a a pulse on the trends. I think you have to definitely have a pulse on your unique audience and the data that you're getting back from that. But then you also have to like leave room for yourself and what feels good for you in forms of content creation. You have to allow a little room for that too. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has different capacity too, depending on what type of business and what stage of business really that they're in. Oh, for sure. So for the business owner, I think the number one thing I hear when it comes to social media is I don't have the time. Who has time for that? So for the business owner who sees the merit in social media, like they see the benefits that it could have for their business, they want to connect in that social medium. What recommendations do you have for someone who wants to get the most out of social media without necessarily investing all of their time into 
you know, building a platform. For sure. So there are a few ways you can go about this. Now, one is outsourcing. Like we work with a lot of clients to build their content for them here at Molly Knuth Media. But what you got to like if you're ready to outsource, there's a couple ways to do that. You can work with a social media agency like ours, or you can bring someone in maybe as a VA and you can work directly with that person. They have a closer touch on your business specifically and they can build your social media. So there's a couple ways even to that approach. If you still want to keep it in-house, you want to try to do the social yourself, but you are looking for more efficiencies, I would say things like content calendars are super helpful. There's I mean, I know I have some content calendars. There are content calendars that you can find on Pinterest that'll like lay your month out for you and you have a prompt and then you just create to that prompt with your own unique stories. So that can really help. And I do feel that like especially for people who are creative, you feel like you can go a million directions about what you're talking about that day. So sometimes it is as simple as just having a prompt or knowing what you're going to talk about to say, okay, I can block out all these other things and I can just speak to this one thing. And that can be all you need if you feel like it's taking you too much time to create a post. The other thing I do recommend is ads. And I love organic content and connecting on a people level. But I also do say there's a time and a place for Facebook ads. And that can really maximize your impact. And especially this year, we saw that certain client accounts were not getting the reach that they had been even six months earlier. So what we did was we pulled back on the organic posts and we just put in some really low dollar ad spend. And that has been a game changer for them. So maybe leave some room in your budget if you have like even $30 play around with it and boost some posts or create a low dollar ad campaign. And that can be a really big game changer. That doesn't take so much time, but you're getting results. It does take some, there's a learning curve to it, but it can be super impactful too. Those are such good tips. I feel like the best solution is to outsource. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want to do it, have someone who does it really well do it for you. Best of both worlds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you work with specifically small town, small businesses, and I feel like the marketing challenges in small towns are different than other parts or other cities or bigger communities. What do you see your clients or small towns, small businesses facing in terms of challenges right now? I think when I come in a lot of times, there's this mindset of, well, we only can access so many people because we're in a town of 500 or we're in a town of 2,000 or even maybe small town to you is 12,000. You know, like small is relative. But a lot of times I feel like there's a block that's like, okay, we are only in business in this place and people in this place only do these things or pay this amount or they'll only travel this far. So sometimes we're kind of blocked in in small towns with our own like mentality and mindset. But the cool thing about social media, and I am living proof of that, is that with social media and with digital marketing, we can access people from anywhere. And now this is like there are definitely small town businesses that are like bound by a zip code or a service radius. But for a lot of us, we can really just work with people from anywhere if we're a service provider. So I do think that The initial outset is just saying, well, people around here don't do it that way or something like that. But you can't like you have to think bigger. You have to open yourself up to other ways. And I do think that sometimes that mentality can hinder people, but it can also be a blessing because right now social media for small town business owners, we already know some of those ways that people connect with people because we do it across the coffee table. We do it behind the counter. We know how to hold 
like work hard and hold conversation. And we have personal brands because we are the face behind the business. And there are big name brands out there that are trying to do those things, but they're so big that they have a hard time doing it. So sometimes what we think can be our detriment can also then be flipped and that can be our differentiator. And so for small town, small business owners out there, it's really showing them what makes them unique and special. And I don't think this is unique to small town business owners, but sometimes we just get so ingrained and so close to what we're doing that we don't see what's special about it anymore. We're like, oh, doesn't everybody just do this that way? And that's where you need to start and say, oh, that's what I need to create content about because that is a key to something that you're just gifted in or you've created a system or a process around that makes you the best at it. And other people, it's going to blow their mind that you do it that way. And so I think that sometimes just thinking that everybody knows what we know or everybody does it this way, that can be kind of a mental block, but that's where we can really start from and unpack that. And that can be a differentiator in our social media posts. That's so good. So I grew up in Monticello, which is very close to Cascade. We even discovered that we might have some common ancestry. (laughs) (laughs) We still need to figure that out. Yeah. But immediately when you talked about the mindset of there's only so many people, people aren't going to travel, people only pay this much. I thought of a couple of restaurants in the Monticello Cascade area that are literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the names of them right now, but I've been several times because they create such a good experience that people are willing to travel. And I think, yeah, what you said is just so important, not only for small towns, small businesses, like you said, but getting over that mindset of what do I have to offer? Because oftentimes the uniqueness of what business owners have, they can't see it. They need somebody else's perspective, a coach or an you know outside voice, a mentor, someone who can repeat back to them the special things that they're doing or saying and show them that it's not every day. It's not everybody's gift. It's not everybody's skill that they have. Yeah, I just thought about some small town, small businesses where I grew up and how special they are and continue to be. Like I enjoy going back to some of those restaurants, even if now it takes me like two hours to get out there. <laughs> I know what ones you're thinking of, it, I think. But like, yeah, some, especially getting started, some of my favorite people to work with for business was like people who are contractors because they could like go in, they have a set of plans, they create something from it. And I'm like, how did you do that? Like, I remember our house was getting built and I would come into the house like after a day of work and like, oh my gosh, we have a set of stairs or like, holy, there's a window here. And I'm like, I don't know how he did that. And like now when I work with some of my clients, it's like, okay, what was the process that you were able to do this and get to here. And that's the story we want to tell. That's the content we want to share because that's what people don't understand. And that's what puts you as that guide or that expert that they need. And yeah, it's it's really fun. As somebody who's doing DIY home renovations right now, I feel like it's such a good marketing tool. If I watch somebody do that, I would be 100% sure that is not something that I want to do myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And think about like those TikTok hacks that everybody's trying. It's like they're showing you how to do something you had no idea how to do. And that like apply that to your business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I do have a few bonus round questions for you before we wrap up. So what is your favorite book that you've been reading recently? It can be business or personal. Okay. So my favorite business book that I've read recently, and actually I listened to it on Audible. Oh, I've got a couple. So Atomic Habits was really a great listen earlier this year. 
And it really did drive home the fact that like consistency compounds and it's really some of those small things that position you and like even small things like showing up in your stories or like using a call to action at the end of your post. That seems tiny, but it can make a big difference when you do it day after day. Uh, The other one I really liked that I read earlier this year was called Hug Your Customer. And it was all about excellent customer service and things that you can implement in your business that don't necessarily seem like it's a customer service hotline or anything like that. But it just gives people a hug like through a feedback form or sending them a note on their birthday or sending a thank you card. Like some of those small things just really provide great customer service. And so I loved that book. And then on a personal level, I recently read Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've heard good things. So good. I loved that book. And it's about like 70s rock and roll. And I love that era, like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. And so I loved that book. It's on my list. I've been reading a lot of Colleen Hoover recently. I think you recommended Verity a long time ago, but so good. And I can't stop reading her other books now. Although, yes, sometimes in the middle of them, I'm like, I should just stop reading this. I don't know what it's doing to my brain. I think the most recent fiction book I read was Colleen Hoover. It was called November 9. Have you read that one? Mm -mm, Not yet. That one's a good one. I read it in like two days. It was really good. I think I've read all of her books in two days. So (laughs) they're just hard to put down. Signs that I maybe should put them down. (laughs) How about favorite podcasts? Oh, how much time do you have? I love your podcast. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I mean, every episode of yours I really like. I loved that one with Mariah that you had, Mariah Danielson, who we referred to earlier. I thought that was a great episode. She's amazing. We had her in. So I have a program called MKM Business School, and she came in as a presenter to just like sometimes, you know, you get so far in your business where you feel like you're just doing the day-to-day, you're doing the same thing, and it can be hard to be like, why did I start this? And I feel like her message about connecting to those like core pieces of yourself, those whys, are just so helpful in keeping you motivated and pushing you forward. So I love your podcast. I love that interview with Mariah. My like personal, I call her my mentor. I've worked with her in a coaching relationship several times, Allie Reeves. Her podcast is called The Six Figure Influencer. By the time this airs, it might have a different title, but that's what it, her, you can find her at Allie I. Reeves on Instagram. I love hers is very like a combination of business tactics with like putting yourself in the right vibe and the right energy. And I love that. So she's been someone I've been listening to a lot. And then if it's a non-business podcast, I really love the armchair expert, armchair and dangerous, because <laughs> I just think that those are so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was a good mix. I'm nothing if not eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> How about your favorite productivity tool or productivity hack? I really feel like I need to be – like if we're talking about social media planning, I have to be a paper and pencil gal first. Mm -hmm. So I have an actual like piece of paper calendar where I can write things in. I can cross stuff out or draw an arrow over to a different day. And that's where my content planning kind of starts. And then I can hand it off to my team and then it gets entered into our digital calendar and our project management system or our CRM. So I guess it's kind of a two-parter where it like starts with me in the way that I work best, which is paper and pencil. And then my other productivity hack is having a team because then they can start helping you implement those things. So when you do the paper plan, do you take a picture of it to send to them or do you send them? Yeah, I do. I just write it out like longhand on a calendar. I take a picture. I attach it in an email to my VA. She'll go in and she'll enter it task by task into our project management system, assign it to a 
person on the team, give them a deadline, and then we go go to town. Nice. I am also a paper and pencil type of person. Paper and pen, not pencil. But I love ClickUp for task management. But I also, I just feel more clear in my mind when I can see it physically on a piece of paper. (laughs) So I also love my planner. And for people that can't see the video, like I am surrounded by post-it notes. Like I just have to have like, like I have motivational quotes on post-its. I have like my different programs and who's in them on post-its. I have like giant post-it paper with like my big brainstorm dumps in this corner of my office. And it's like, I just, I need to write it out to get it clear and then I can unpack it and turn it into something organized from there. Yeah, for sure. How about your favorite go-to relaxation activity after work? I throw this question in because I feel like most creatives and ambitious entrepreneurs have a hard time relaxing. So I'm just looking for ideas, really. I, yes, last night my husband had to work late and he came home and I was working at the counter in the kitchen. (laughs) So I was relaxing by not working in my office. I was working at the kitchen counter. No. It hits differently. It does. I just need to change my environment sometimes. No, I do really like to work. Something I'm working on is putting boundaries around my work day and with a team and being more organized, that has helped a lot. But I do love to go for walks. I do love to listen to podcasts every morning. I do a workout, just kind of get my head right more so than to like actually, I mean, I love moving my body and some of the benefits that come from that, but really it's like a mental thing for me to just get some clear head space in the mornings. So, and I love massages. I like to get my nails done. I like to watch movies with my kids. So we have a little bit of everything in there. Taking notes. Those are all good. (laughs) So... Molly, you have great social media content, obviously, and a great social media presence, but you're also active on many platforms. So where's the best way to connect with you after the show? So we can be found at Molly Knuth Media on Facebook and Instagram primarily. I'm really active in Instagram stories so people can get a behind the scenes of my life there, like, you know, barn building and stuff. And Jade doesn't know this yet, but... We are going to be renovating a downtown Cascade building as the new MKM headquarters. Exciting. I know. So that'll be an ongoing project that people can follow at our channels. Have you announced this yet? Not really. My friends and family know. (laughs) I'm honored to know. By the time this podcast airs, it will be common knowledge, but... Yeah, I know. You didn't hear it first, but. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're new, like this is going to be great content, you guys. (laughs) No, but you can find me at Molly Knuth Media. MollyKnuthMedia.com is kind of our hub. You can get the podcast from there. You can get our blog from there. There's some digital downloads that you can access and you can also meet the team and see how they can help you grow your business too. I would highly recommend checking out Molly's podcast. It's actually what inspired me to start this podcast. She has so many good episodes to listen to. And I just, it was so good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. We did a little swap, but it feels a little bit surreal to have you on the other end of the screen. So thanks so much. I'm so excited. This was so fun, Jade. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode, because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. And if you want more business minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadeboyd.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast.
The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building, one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.